Okay, so first and foremost, welcome to everybody. The new faces, the old faces, we're all new all the time. It's wonderful to see all the chavr here. And Ashrenu, just to get together to learn the words of the tzaddikim. And an attempt to hold on to Amuna in difficult times is already a big thing. It's already a huge thing. So Ashrenu, Ashrenu that we're a part of it. So we have a ton to get to tonight. It should, the learning should be a schus for Tinek Venture Yehudas among all the Yidin all around the world, particularly in Eretz Yisrael, who are requiring Rachme Shamaim at this time. And I wanted tonight to take a look at Lakutimran Kuflam at Gimel 133. For those who have the beginner's list, which we're trying to follow, this is a bit out of order, only because the previous teaching that's actually on the list I just taught a couple of weeks ago. For, so for the Chavar that follow the Shirem online, I, I just needed to give them a, you know, something a little bit new. So I went a little bit out of order. We're going to take a look at Kuf uh, Lamed Gimel. And before we do, by way of Hakdama, we're going to take a look at an actual Hakdama of the Sefer HaZayar HaKadosh. This shows up in the Hakdama to Zayar Bereshis, and it is Hakdama Dalid. And we're going to take a look at this. There's a ton, a ton, beyond a ton here. Mamish, we could speak hours just on every word here. We're going to try to go through it in a little bit more of a basic way, and then we're going to take a look at Rabbi Nachman's Chusia Gunaleinu. Okay, so stick with me. I'll stick with you, and let's, let's, let's enter into this ocean. Says Rav Shimon Bar Yechai, S'chusa Yagen Olinu Ba'akol Yisrael, Amen. Yoyim Echad Dahavein Al Keif Tells a story. One time I was walking on the beach, Al Keif by the sea. Very deep. Why exactly this takes place by the sea? Not going to be able to get into every Nakuda, but there's nothing random here at all. So the Heiliger of Shimon is walking by the beach. You can choose to imagine him with shoes or without. It's uh, totally up to you. Probably without shoes, I don't know. But he was walking on the beach of Asa Eliyahu and Eliyahu Hanavi came. Va'amar Li and Reb Shimon reports that Eliyahu Hanavi said to Reb Shimon Barichai, Rebi, Rebi in Aramaic, my master, Yadata Mahu Mi Bara'ela? Do you know the meaning of the Pasuk in Yeshayahu, where Isaiah, where Yeshayahu, the prophet, tells Am Yisrael, Su'u marim e'neichem, lift your eyes on high, uru'u, and see mi bara ele. Who created these? Seems to be a pretty straightforward Pasuk, right? A person should look at everything that there is and, and see who it was that created everything. It's the foundation for Amuna. So what's Eliyahu Navi asking Rav Shimon? We're going to see from the answer. Eliyahu Navi is asking Rav Shimon Baruchai, do you know the meaning of Eila? What exactly is it that Yeshayahu is referring to when we say we should see who created these? What, what is these? What's being referred to here? Amin Alei, so Rabbi Shimon says, while well, I answered him, Eilin This is the heavens and all of the heavenly forces and the heavenly bodies, the planets and the systems and so on. Because the context is su'u maraim enechem, lift up your eyes on high. So Rabbi Shimon says it must be referring to the creations that HaKadosh Baruch Hu created in the heavens. Oyev da the handiwork of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, of Hashem, the isle levar nashle estak that Yishayahu Anavi is saying that the human being who has the capacity, like we spoke about in previous year, to recognize that which is beyond, beyond, to be able to look outside of nature and to think about, well, where did this all come from? Masha'inkin, an animal doesn't have that capacity. So it's fundamentally human to be able to do that. So the isle the barnash, that the human being has the necessity, to look upon all the heavenly bodies, and to, and to bless them. 
and to bless HaKadosh Baruch Hu for having created them, Dechsev, and he backs this up by another Pasuk in Tehillim, where David HaMalach says, Ki shamecha, when I see the heavens, the handiwork of your fingers, of your hands, V'goyimer, then David HaMalach proclaims, Hashem Adineinu, Hashem our master, Ma'ad Yershimcha B'chala Aretz, how mighty is your name, B'chala Aretz, throughout the, throughout the earth and the creation. Yes. So that's why Rabbi Shimon answered Eliyahu Hanavi. Yes, yeah. I'm sorry, that's right. Who so, does? Doesn't that say that? Eif. Yeah, it's a puzzle in Eif. Yeah, me basari. Basari is our as Rajbi. It's the ICS Rajbi. Me basari. Okay, right? So, ma'ad yashimcha b'chala aretz. So, Amar Li, Saliyaw, Anabi answered of Shimon, Ribi, my master, Mila, Stima, Havikami, Kuchabrihu. No, there's a deep secret here. Deeper even than what you've said. There's a secret that was before Hashem, Vegali, Bimisifta, Ilah. And it was revealed in the Heavenly Academy. And I'm about to reveal to you this secret, which we're about to learn today. At the earliest dawn of the beginning, beginning, beginning of creation. Now, not the beginning of creation like Bereshah's Bar, Lekim Shemayim Va'aretz, the physical world that we inhabit, or even the physical realms, the physical universes. At the earliest point where infinity, infinity, infinite godliness began to develop a, a crack, so to speak, to be able to even begin to create the possibility for any created realm. Like the earliest, earliest dawn, what's referred to here as stima, the chal stimen, the closed one of all of that which is closed, concealed, hidden, absolutely transcendent at the time that that the Ein Sof, Ba'ale Iskalia, came to become revealed. We're not going to get into the Kabbalah here, just going to read, read the words. Very basic. HaKadosh Baruch Hu first created, again, it's all conceptual, it's very, very deep, a point. Just an Akuda Chada. It's not what the Ramban refers to? Hiyuli? No, the, yeah, the first. No, no. well beyond. We're not going to get into the details of it now. And that Nakuda was further developed to become Machshava. A very big picture concept and portrayal of all that would evolve from this earliest, just mamish, seminal drop, a tiny Nakuda. That this Nikuda that became Machshava, this gigantic universal vision, Tzir Bakal Tzirim, within it was engraved, was, was drawn all different kinds of drawings, Chakakba Kol Glifen, and all engravings were engraved within it. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu etched within a flame. Again, this is all extremely, extremely poetic and, and, uh, and mystical, but just bear with it. HaKadosh Baruch Hu etched within a flame, Glifu, the etching, the Chatzirastima, of one very hidden etching, that's Kodesh Kadishin, the concept of the Holy of Holies, Binyana Amika Danafak Migoy Machshava, which is the edifice from which this machshava flourishes, blossoms. 
So in the hiddenmost realm, from our standpoint of flame, is you can't touch it, you can't grasp it, it's not physical, you can't measure it, it's just, it's here and it's not here. In that place, as HaKadosh Baruch Hu is beginning to unfold the dawn of creation before anything, 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 this is what's taking place. The ikre mi. And this madrega, and I bolded it here because this is the important part. This madrega is called mem yud, mi, sherusa And it serves as the foundation for the entire structure of creation. Just like you build a building layer after layer after layer, floor upon floor upon floor. And within the building itself, the plumbing and the electricity and the air conditioning, the vent, and, and everything that goes into creating a building, the foundation of this whole thing is a realm that's called me, mem yud. And for those of the chaver that are a little bit more familiar with some of these concepts, you'll be familiar with the idea of a concept called bina. Right? Bina. What does bina mean? How do you translate bina? Understanding. Understanding. But over here we're referring to a spiritual madriga, one of the creative steps of the process HaKadosh Baruch Hu undergoes when creating the world, early, early, early stage, which is connected to the concept of fivdi. As we know, Chazal tell us there are fivdi gates of Bina. 49 of them were given to Moshe Rabbeinu. One more wasn't given to, to even Moshe, the 50th. Now Rizal says it was only when Moshe Rabbeinu was, was ready to leave this world, when his own personality was completely nullified, mamish nullified. So then he got the 50th madriga of Bina that was brought into him, and that's why the Pesukim tell us that Moshe Rabbeinu was, was, was nifter on Har Nivai, right, on the, on the mountain of Nivai, which the Arizal says should be read Har Nun Bai. He got the 50th madriga of Bina on the day that he left this world. Nivai is Nun Bai. So, me is a word that means who, Right? Referring to, at least in the context of this Pasuk, Uru'u mi bara'e'la, see who it was that created all of these, obviously a reference to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the singular point from which everything else descends and extends, and mi, mem yud, is also gematria fivdi, right? Mem and yud. So over here it's a reference to the stage of Bina. It's the place which is still unified within Hashem's thought, so to speak, a detailed vision, much more detailed than just the Nekuda referred to, which can be seen as a reference to Chachma, which is the, you know, the whole master plan, the big picture. In Bina, we start to look at the details of the drawing, of the etching. And that's what he keeps on making reference to. Tzir, Bakal Tzirin, all the different images that would unfold throughout history, throughout all of creation, all the different worlds, all the different stages. Chakak, Bakal Glifen, all the different etchings. It's all wrapped up into this realm called Bina, which is called Mi, which is the unified source of creation. Mem Yud 50. That's it. Mem Yud 50. Is he saying that that's, the, that that's the beginning, that that first basically, as it were, um, um, steam in is like the the absolute first stage to make space for Machshava? Like, steam and the steam like, is, is nothing. Steam and the steam is Kesser. It's, it's just no, absolute, he's, he's absolute uh, divinity. He's, refer- he's referring to it as, as steam, like literally like... No, when Bishata de steam de Chol steam in Baal is Galia. Oh, so when, right? so when it began to 
start to go through the process of beginning to emerge into a realm where a limit could be created much later on and time and space and ultimately the experience of a separate consciousness called the human being within a world which conceals Hashem where we don't literally see Hashem everywhere hear Hashem everywhere, feel Hashem everywhere right, so at that stage HaKadosh Baruch is creating these, these steps I don't want to get caught up into, into every detail here just hold on to it Me, Bina Memyud. And the way he says it over here is because it's so transcendent that it's like it's like reality at that stage is flickering on and flickering off. It's called in the Zar in, 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 in the in the Rishonim, um Yeshme Ayin is the realm of Bina. That is connected to what you said from the Ramban, Hiyuli. Right? The Ramban says over there, what what does he say it on? On the word bara. Barashis bara, he comments towards bara is the realm of Yeshmi Ayin Hiyuli, which is like this Greek word for Hyle, I think it is in, in English, right? Which is a material that's here, but it's not here. It's physical, but it's like metaphysical. It's somewhat spiritual and somewhat physical, and from it can be created everything physical. It's the root. And that's Bina. It's, it's Yeshmi Ayin. It has one foot in not, in not existing from our perspective, being completely spiritual, and one foot in being the earliest dawn of something physical beginning to form. Primordial. Form. Mamish primordial, exactly. So the word of the, of the czar is kayama velo kayama. It is and it isn't. Amik v'sasim b'shma. It's absolutely deep, hidden within the name of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Like ikri elami. And the only way to refer to it is mem yud, which is itself a reference to how hidden it is because what is me? It's a question. Who? We're not even able to point to it and say anything definitive about it. No human being ever grasped it. What is this mystery? What's the nature of it? It's something beyond us. So we can only say me. It's like God, basically. It cannot exist, but he cannot name it. He cannot say what it is. It is, it is, it is, a, very, it is a very high revelation of divinity. It is not God. It is a midah of a Kodesh Baruch Hu. It's, a, it's one of the garments that Hashem wears, right. right? That's so close to that place of just Hashem Himself okay. that, it, that we can't say anything about it. Totally mysterious. It's like just after Ayin. Like it's Ayin and then it's, then it's me. Not just after Ayin. It's two steps after Ayin. Ayin is Keser and then Chachma and then Bina. Oh. Okay? But again, not getting into the technicalities of it. A lot of people say there's nothing and then there's me. Do <laughs> 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 you think that's anything to do with the fact that he's by the yam? Very much. Yeah. I wasn't going to get into that. That's exactly why it is. Exactly why. Yom Echad Ha'ave Akeif Yam. Bediuk. So Yom Echad. So then listen to this, what happens? After HaKadosh Baruch Hu has this etching of all that will develop, all that will evolve, all that will progress. So then it comes to be revealed. It wears a garment that's a garment of light. This is a reference to Chesed, which is the Midah after Bina. As the Pasuk says, Oilam chesed yibane. When HaKadosh Baruch Hu came to create the world, what's the first step, the first midah that relates to Sunday, the, as things begin to unfold? Chesed, and then Gvura, and then Tiferes, and then Netzach, and then Hoyd, and then Gisoyed. Without getting into the depth of all of these, we've mentioned them very much in previous year, the creation begins to unfold. Yibane is the Oisios, the same letters as the word Bina. Yibane is Bina. Right? So Bina in and of itself refers to the level 
where everything is prepared to become. Yibanen doesn't mean created, it means will be created. And that's all wrapped up into the word Bina, into the realm of Bina, which is still beyond, right? And in, in, in more than Nikola-oriented Machshavasvarim, it's always referred to by the number eight. If you look a lot in, in the Maral, coming up to Hanukkah, right? The realm of eight is always the realm of miracles. Eight days of Hanukkah, eight strings on the tzitzis, which is related to bris, where a person can overcome their nature, go beyond nature, a nace, a miracle. Kriyas Yamsov that happened in the schus of the, of the, of the Aroi Neshel Yosef, who's connected to the Midah of bris. Everything that's transcendent beyond is always the number eight. Because seven is nature. Everything in nature is seven. Why? Because nature begins from the Midah of Chesed. And from Chesed all the way down to Malchus, which is the final completed process of creation, there are seven Midos. What's one beyond Chesed? Oilam Chesed. But where does Chesed come from? Yibane, from the realm of Bina. Bina is eight. And so Bina is always that which is transcendent. That's why, again, the Nase of Hanukkah is eight Dafka, because it's drawing on that realm that's beyond nature. It's beyond nature. Right? Bnei Vina, Bina, produces Yemeshmaina. Eight. Eight is related to Bina. It's the place where Yibane. And how does it look when it begins to unfold? Ailam, Chesed Yibane. And so that's the reference here to Chesed. Labish, Belavush, Yikar, Denahir, Ubara, And then the manyness of our world begins to unfold. This world is marked by manyness. In space, there are many directions. Four directions, northwest, east, east, and south, and then up and down, so that together makes six, extending from the center point, wherever the person happens to be at a given moment. And then there's a manyness in time, where there's past and there's future, and the time is split into year, uh, decade, well, centuries, and then decades, and then years, and then months, and then weeks, and then days, and then hours, and then minutes, and then seconds. Everything in this world is split into manyness. Um, hot and cold, bitter and sweet, male and female. Everything in the world is splintered, which is necessary for Bechira. Because if it was absolutely clear to us that there was oneness pervading all of creation, we'd encounter Hashem everywhere we look. We but this, that one, one second, I'm sorry, I just said that, right? I'm so sorry. But once, but once we get into uh, the, the fact that we encounter difference everywhere we look, it's master, the, the oneness of a Kaddish Baruch Hu. And that's, that's where Bechira is. Because we look around the world and we think it's just a jumble of, of a billion different things. Where's a Kaddish Baruch Hu's oneness here? So the answer is that you're right. If you only live within the lower realms of creation, where there are seven days and there are seven colors of the rainbow and seven classical metals and seven musical notes and seven continents and seven oceans and seven planets, etc., etc., if you only live in that place, so then you'll never find Hashem. Because all you're looking at is the Eila. All you're looking at is creation that you're experiencing day after day and place after place, experience after experience, circumstance after circumstance. But Yishayahu Anavi is telling us, and this is what Eliyahu Anavi is teaching Rabbi Shimon Bar Yechai, that the truth is that ultimately there's a way of looking beyond this physical realm. 
doesn't just mean look up at the at the sky like Rav Shem Baruchai said. Well, Hashem created all the planets. Isn't that wonderful? Ki era, right? Ki era Sure, you look at the at the planets. You see a comet. You see the moon. You see the sun. And you and you say, Hakadosh Baruch what a, what an incredible creation you created. It's true. But says Yeshayahu Navi, it's referring to a spiritual truth that's so much deeper. Suumarim enechem doesn't again mean look up physically. It means look toward the spiritual source for everything that you see around you. Uru and see me, bara ele. Look toward bina, toward the unified image which contains within it the vast multiplicity and diversity of creation. But all of it is categorized within one picture frame. And that picture frame is the picture frame of divinity. And in that sense, in a chanami, there's a lot going on in the picture, but it all came from one paintbrush. It all came, the entire book came from one pen dipped in one inkwell. So how does one actually exit? That's what we're going to learn about in that's what we're going to learn about in Rabbi Nachman. But this is the secret that Yeshayahu was teaching. me I'm sorry. What do you want to say? That it's not it's not possible to to have only the 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 awareness. At least that there's no maltiness because the moment that you don't have it, there's really no human being because then there's only Hashem. Bidiuk, bidiuk, and that is why Moshe Rabbeinu was not able to access the fiftieth gate of Bina all the while that he was alive, and the second that he did. What happened? Says the Pasuk, Ishla Yada. Not even anybody knew where Moshe Rabbeinu was buried. Says the Gemara, Rabbi Nachman talks about this in Taradalit. I think we mentioned this as well. Even Moshe Rabbeinu didn't know where, where he was buried. Well, what does that mean? He himself knows where he, where he at least a sub spiritual, some element within him is still present. There's a nefesh in the goof. We spoke about previous year, the, the Luzbon, right, on Thursday night, the kusta, the chiyusa, there's something there of Moshe Rabbeinu that knows, says Rabbi Nachman, no. At the time of Moshe Rabbeinu's petira, on har nivai nun bai, there was no Moshe Rabbeinu left with any das to know anything about anything. Moshe Rabbeinu was batal legabe de ein sof. This is what's meant by in the Zara Kaddish when it says that Moshe Rabbeinu was nifter b'shas rava de raven istalik. He, he, he disappeared into the keser of Hashem, into the will of Hashem, where there is nothing at that stage but, but godliness alone. And that's why all the while that Moshe Rabbeinu was alive, even Moshe, who had attained this incredible expanded consciousness of the greatest tzaddik, the greatest navi, all these things are very deep to understand. Moshe Rabbeinu couldn't access the 50th gate because he had to have a, a sense of self. Because if you take this train all the way to the last station, then you're a part of, of divinity as well. And that, and that can't be for the purpose of the Tikkun where our Kaddish Baruch Hu needs human beings recognizing his presence in the world. So that's a thousand percent right. Isn't that contradiction though? How so? Because if the whole idea of the me is the bina. Right, there, there, there can only be a being an understanding or an insight if there is a seeing B, as in if there is in this scenario, for example, Moshe Rabbeinu understanding the me, but he can't. But you can't. That's have, right. That's right. That is the time. point. That when when the fiftieth gate comes in, it's like boyim ka'achas. Mm. That's a mystery. How do you cross that boundary? That's a big secret. 
That's the secret of Tzimtzum, this one-way mirror, where from Hashem's perspective, as the Nefesh speaks about in Shar Gimel, it's a deep secret. It's the deepest secret. It's the site of Bechira and Yediyah. It cuts to the, to the core of everything, right? Where from Hashem's perspective, there's nothing but godliness. From our perspective, we exist and He exists. This is the secret. How do you cross that boundary? How does a person break past the experience of Bechira to recognize, like the Rambam says, that it's also true that Hashem already knows everything from the beginning? We can't. We can't. It is a paradox. An unbridgeable paradox, but Moshe Rabbeinu experienced the shattering of this illusion. So is there no goof left, like like I don't know, I don't know, but it, it, but it was playing games because whoever was on the bottom, it looked like it was on exactly. top. Whoever went on top, so it's not part of this part of this world anymore. I don't I don't know, but this is what Yishayo is 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 telling us. <laughs> And now, from chesed onward, the manyness of these, not just who, which is one singular source, but it goes into these. And then you know what happened? The letters Aleph, Lamed, Hey joined together with the letters Mi. There was a Yichud. Mi, Mem, Yud, began to extend into the lower realms, which is called Aleph, Lamed, Hey, and these letters came together. Ischabron, Asvun, Ilain, Be'ilain. These letters combined, these with those, or this, right, me, this with those. Ve'ishalim, Bishma Elohim. And together they formed this shame of Elohim, which is the letters Ela, together with the letters me. Me and Ela together scrambled a bit, spell the shame Elohim. We're working backwards from our perspective. We see the Ela first uh, before the. Yeah, yes, Ela, yeah. yeah, but it's still it's Yam. <laughs> so it's a bit yeah. scrambled, but yes. This is Elohim. Until Ela was revealed. And Hashem took the later stages of creation from day one to day two to day three to day four and unfolded all the midos and all the manifestations of those traits within the physical world. We did not have the shame Elohim. This is very, very deep. This is what it means that those who sinned by the Chayta Egal Amru said, Ela Elehecha Yisrael. These are your God. Or in a very, very deep way. Again, this is not really our sugya. Take a look at the Meshachachma. It's a very deep uh, mahalach in this. They basically said, well, if HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants to come down into this world, so then we could literally begin to celebrate the thisness of this world as divine without needing to connect it back to the, to the Creator. We can just bask in the divinity of this worldliness, of just a golden element, a physical calf, the Gashmias of Gashmias. And so this is what they meant when they said, Eile Elohecha Yisrael. We can take the Eile from Elohim and we don't need to anymore connect to the transcendent spiritual element. If godliness descends, let it descend and let it descend ultimately. And that was a big mistake. And that was the, and that was the Chet HaEgel. Eile Elohecha Yisrael. And once this process unfolded from the earliest stages in spirituality of unity of me down into the Eileh. Now this is all we refer to it just by this name, Eleikim. 
and the whole entire world. It's so important. The sentence, these three paragraphs, the whole entire experience of existence is all wrapped up into these five letters. Aleph, Lamed, Hey, Mem, Yud, or Yud, Mem. Elohim. Spanning the earliest revelation in the spiritual realm that includes everything, just the Nakuda, the Dat, that then progresses to expand and materialize stage after stage after stage, mida after mida, world after world, until here we are. It's all wrapped up into this. And then Reb Shimon continues to tell his tale, Uprach Eliyahu. Eliyahu Hanavi then flew away. And I couldn't see him anymore. And from him, I know this deep secret, the secret of this pasuk. Asr Rebbe Yezer, and the Zara Kodesh finishes, Rebbe Yezer, a son of Rebbe Shimon, Vekula Chavraya, and all the Helige Chavraya, they were called Chavraya, they were called friends. This deep, deep group of friends, they came, Ve'ishtatchu Kamei, and they bowed down, they, they, they just fell over, right in front of Rebbe Shimon, Bachu, and they cried. You find this a lot in the Zara Kodesh, full of crying. It takes a long, it takes a lot of thought to, to decode the mystery of this crying in the Zohar Kodesh, a ton of crying all the time. Bachu, they cried. Va'amru, and they said, it's definitely a part of it. There are many, many, many aspects and layers to this crying. Bachu. Va'amru, and they said, If we had only come into this world to just hear this, Dayai, it would be enough. Unbelievable. If we had only come to this world to hear this side of me, bara Eile, that makes up this name, Elohim, die. That would be enough. Is this the same way as they say it, or that's something they say often? I don't know. I'm not sure. But they say it here. They say it here, and you and I know that the name Elohim is Gematria. 86. 86, which is Gematria, the word. Hateva, with a hey. Hateva nature. And so that means that automatically, the way that a yid looks at nature, to rectify the cheta egal, where we don't just look at this worldliness, but we understand that everything progresses and proceeds from a unified source, from an R. So that means that we don't see nature, we see the extension of divinity that manifests in our world as this worldly processes that other people think are natural but are not natural at all. Mamish, mamish, divine. Everything that we see all around us is rooted just like the front end of a website or an app that you use on your phone. It's the manifestation of the, of the back-end code. It's not even symbolic of the back-end code. It's not a, a vessel for the back-end code. When run through the program, the code becomes this. So everything that we see around us, every aspect of everything that we see around us, beginning first with the body, that's the first thing that we encounter, really beginning with the soul, but that becomes the body, because the panim, What's outside reflects the pnim, what's on the inside. 
It's all divine mysteries. It's all spiritual code that becomes this experience of physicality that we're so familiar with. Why are there five fingers on the hand? Where does that, why aren't there six? Why are there, why are there two arms? Why are there three prakim in the arm? Mysteries and mysteries and mysteries. Why is some food sweet and other food is bitter? What's the spiritual makar for sweetness and bitterness? Everything is founded upon the midas that are wrapped into me, the midas of the Creator, that are mysterious, but Agadish Baruch chooses to reveal himself, lifi maisai aninikra. Mida after mida after mida. Memela, if Hashem's singular light of me is shining through all of these midas, and these midas are the code that manifests in every single thing around us, the colors, the measurements, the, the, the three-dimensionality, every second in time and the different days and hours, then a person who's conscious, <coughs> a person who's conscious is swimming in divinity all the time. This is what Amuna means. So Amuna doesn't just mean, well, I'm a human being who happens to belong to this particular religious tradition, and I believe that there was a, a monotheistic unified God that created the world. Amuna means that I, 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 I develop completely different eyes with which to experience everything that I experience. Remember we spoke, I think it was the first time we learned in this series, Nasan Einav Bai, how the tzaddik gives us his eyes. These are the eyes of the tzaddik. This is what's referred to, or we're going to see now from Rabbi Nachman, the Ar HaTzadik, the light that the Tzadik, Ar Zarua LaTzadik. The way a Tzadik lives is that he sees the light that is planted in everything. A light that, like a plant, begins in a seed that's buried deep under the surface, but that slowly but surely manifests, begins to sprout, unfurl, unfold, snake through the earth and burst through the surface. That's how the Tzadik sees everything. Hashem all the time, in everything. In every single aspect, facet of life. Not conceptually, experientially. In every sense, in every breath, in every conversation. Looking at another person's face into their eyes. Understanding the sodos of teeth. Why are there 32 teeth? You ever think about that? There are 32 teeth in the mouth. What's the sight of the tongue in the middle? The up, upper palate and the lower palate. Why are there two nostrils? person who knows a little bit of these things, every human being you look at, Selim Elohim, means much more than just, you know, some metaphoric notion of, of us being created in the image of God that nobody's quite sure what it means. Whew, divinity. Every human being you see on the street. And that's just the, that's the human. Right? Nature, the earth, trees, animals, each different kind of animals, different parts of the animal's bodies. When we look up into the sky at, at night and we see the moon, when we see the sun shining during the day, all of these things are not just reflective of the Creator because they are creations. They are, so to speak, divinity turned inside out. It's the back of the tapestry 
But if we become trained through the tzaddik and the eyes of Rabbi Shimon and the Arizal and the Baal Shem HaKadosh and all the Mari Deknimis, all the masters who are giving over this kind of experiential emuna, and we know the secrets that are ours to know, we're not even allowed to teach these secrets to Gayim. Even that which refers to their mitzvahs, you can't teach them. It's just for Am Yisrael, just for us. So you become a superhuman. You become, you're, you're living in the same world. You're Bechalal not living in this world. Bechalal not living in this world. So let's see now. Yeah, let's see now what prevents us from, from living this way. Even if we were to know all these things, why is it so incredibly difficult? Now that we've laid out this picture of there's a me that can be discovered behind the facade of the ayla, of the manyness of nature, what prevents us? from even living with a simple level of faith, Kalvachimer living in this way, which is a completely different way to live. Is that is that like the deeper meaning behind the Sheva Yepel Tzadik? That's the idea of taking away those layers of the seven. Hmm. Sheva Yipol Tzadik. And then you come Beautiful. to the Ayaz Ruach. Beautiful. You say Sheva is Teva. So Beautiful. Yeah, that's yeah, right. That's, that's what you're that, saying. That's it. Apiteva that's that's it. falls all the time. But the Tzadik realizes even though as Apiteva keep falling a hundred times, I would always stand up because I believe in the... Yeah. Uh, so that, yeah. you're saying a slightly different shot. You're saying, I, I think, if I'm not mistaken. That's, that's so you're saying, Rabbi Yaakov, you're saying the come is that where does he have the energy to get up again? That's already one beyond seven because seven is nature. We draw from a place beyond nature and we're able to come, which always also connects to tshuva because tshuva is gedola tshuva shemagasat kisya covered. We spoke about tshuva is great because it reaches, as the Gemara at the end of Sanhedrin, um, I believe, um, reaches the kisya covered. And or Yuma. That also, that also Kabbalah. It's the same Mamre Chazal. But the Kisya Kavod is 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 related to the to the Mita of Bina. The Zarkadur says that's a reference to the Kisya Kavod, which is again very deep. Not getting into the whole thing now. But the face of Yaakov is etched on the Kisya Kavod, from whom the twelve Shvatim split, and all of Am Yisrael de- develops from there. It's the oneness of Yaakov Avinu from which everything descends. And that's our source, and we are rooted as a nation, Ain Mazali Yisrael. We're rooted beyond nature, right? So when we do tshuva, we're returning to our essence. We're returning to the, to the you know, to the true nature of Am Yisrael, which is above and beyond. But I think what Rabbi is saying is that in order to be a tzaddik, the sheva has to be yipal. Yeah, is that what you mean to say? Nature has to fall away. Sheva yipal tzaddik, then become. And you start to live, right? Yeah, but these two pshatim are, are, it's the same pasuk. Okay, let's let's begin. Okay, let's begin to, to con- get close to concluding. Says the Heliga Tzadik, What a privilege to learn his Heliga words with all of you. The pasuk in Mishlei tells us, the, light, the way of the Tzadikim is like a glowing light. It progresses and it becomes stronger until midday. What is the allusion here? What, what's the imagery? What is Shleim HaMelech intending to, uh, to invoke when we see this Pasuk? What is a light that gets stronger and stronger until, mid- until midday? The light of the sun, right? L'chayra, the light of the sun. But Oyrach Tzadikim is like the glowing light that gets stronger and stronger until the day. Says the Heidegger Rebbe, S'chusi Agonaleinu. Ki HaShemesh Ba'atzma Mi'ira B'mekoyim B'bishavah. The sun is always shining, exactly the same. In the beginning of the day, and in the middle of the day, and also in the evening. 
So then why do we experience sometimes the sun in its fullness? And then as the day progresses after midday, the sun's light begins to get weaker and weaker and weaker until finally it sets, so to speak. The sun doesn't set. The sun is shining all the time. Rakhamaniya, there's an obstacle. It's just that the earth gets in the way. And so as the earth turns, we, right, this is basic, right, we who are wherever we happen to be positioned on the globe, which is indeed round, believe it or not, or some that's still hold, holding out, right? But apparently it seems to be round. So the globe turns back and exactly according to the degree of earthliness, which we are standing behind, as the, as the earth is turning and turning and turning, so we're getting less and less and less of the sun. So the sun doesn't set, actually the earth sets, right? It's not new to anybody here, right? This is, I think, very basic, you know, second grade uh, science. It's cloudy. You can't see the sun either. Also true. Exactly. That's right. And so that's why in the beginning of the day, the sun isn't shining so strongly. It just begins to rise slowly but surely. Al Haaretz until it extends over the whole earth, unless you happen to be living in London, of course, in which case we don't get much of it at all, right? But everywhere else in the earth, for as the day progresses, the sun gets stronger and stronger. Says the Rebbe, the Nimshal Kainat Sadik. The same is true for the light of the Tzadikim, who Ba'atzmi Meir Tamid. The Tzadik is shining, and everything that's, that the Tzadik represents, the truth and the depth and the and the clarity and the joy and the simplicity and the faith, the embodiment of everything good and holy that the tzaddik is, is shining all the time. If a person is having a hard time connecting, then the obstacle is on his part, not on the part of the Torah that's being taught and learned. Literally, he wants to use the muscle in a very literal sense, just like when it comes to the sun, what is getting in the way of the light of the sun in us? It's the earth. Says the Rebbe, the same is true for the sunlight, so to speak, of the tzaddik. It's the earth. What does it mean? The earth? It's because we stick our head into the mud of of the appearance of a physical world. And we can't see the light of the tzaddik, the light of eternity. These people are just sunk down into our experience of the physical realm. So we're not able to receive the light of the tzaddik. It's the same thing the Gemara in Erevin says, quite a lengthy, bit complicated sugya. Al-Pasuk, on the Pasuk that says Megillah Afa, right? That the Torah is referred to as a doubled over Megillah. And the Gemara makes a whole cheshben over there, not getting into the cheshben now. Kat Ifisle, when you unfold the Megillah. Kat Kalfisle, when you peel it into two. A whole complicated measurement, again, whatever this means, of the measurement of the Torah, Nimsa, the Gemara, ends up making a conclusion that the entire cosmos, the entire physical existence, is is one tiny seed against 3,200 of what the Torah is, 3,200 times what the entire cosmos is. Again, it's hard to understand on what level, in what sense, but the whole world is minuscule when held up to the light 
of the Torah and Pesukim are brought there. Kol lechal tichler isikach lemelech says I saw an end to everything, but rechava mitzvah sechama oid. Right, rechava min ayam. The the Torah is so incredibly vast and broad. That's the Torah. Nimsa says Rabbi Nachman. We learn from that Gemara in Ervin Shatara Gedolah Rechava Ma'ayd. The Torah is so big. Whatever this means, right? Again, it doesn't mean literally physically big. The Torah is so vast. It's so deep. It's so it's so giant. Rechava Ma'ayd is so incredibly broad. Raksha Azeres Hakatan Shua Olam Ayd Me Bifnei Ma'arenayim. And this tiny little thing called Olam Azeh. With all of, and, and again, not the lowliness of Alamazeh. Think about the pinnacle of this worldly pleasures. What a person would think as the pinnacle of living in Alamazeh. Kiyadua, one of the tzaddikim said, He doesn't think of a person living in the slums. He thinks of the, the most successful person there is. The whole world stands, stands before the light of our eyes. And prevents a person, Milirais, our Hagadol shall Hatayra prevents us from seeing the incredibly vast light of the Torah. Even though the whole world, even though the whole world is just like we said from the Gemara, just a tiny little mustard seed. Like the pasuk in Eiv says, like the, uh, uh, against the Torah, which is so, which is so vast. I mean, it's not even, it's not even close. It's a joke. Whatever the world could offer us, held up against the eternal visions of the Torah and the truth of the Torah and the depth of the Torah. It's a joke. So says Rabbi Nachman, but it's not so much a joke. Because this is what you and I struggle with, at least I struggle with, on a day-to-day basis. So says Rabbi Nachman, what's going on here? Ulechaira kasha. Ulechaira, this is a huge question. How is it possible that something so minuscule is able to impact our access of something that's so enormous? It doesn't, it doesn't weigh the same. You put them on a scale, it doesn't, move, it doesn't budge it an inch. The Torah and the weight of a, a Torah lifestyle against the whole Olam Hazeh. So how is it so... Um, in, um, What's the word? Uh, disproportionately. That's a big word today, proportion, right? It, how is it so disproportionately powerful? Doesn't make sense. It's, it's David and Goliath to the, to, the, to the strongest extent. How does it work? The whole world is so small. That's thousands of times stronger. So, but it's like the mashal that's brought from the Baal Shem HaKadosh, Rabbi Nachman's great-grandfather, it's like a little tiny coin, and the mashal over here is exact. If you'll take this coin, a tiny little penny, or, or a pence, and you hold it in front of your eye, it can block out Mount Everest. Probably more. I don't know. I'm sure there's some calculation that could be made as to how much greater Mount Everest is in size and mass than a, than a, than a pound coin. Thousands seems like it, it would be much more than that. I mean, millions of times more vast, bigger, wider. Wider than this tiny stone or, or, or tiny coin. So how does this work? Says the Rebbe, because it's all about perspective. 
because it's right in front of your eyes, and that's what you see first. Therefore, it is disproportionately powerful in the sense of it being able to prevent us from seeing that which is thousands of times, millions of times, billions of times bigger and more vast than the coin. Until we're prevented from seeing that which is, again, so much incredibly bigger. The same is true about this worldliness. So we're born, and the neshama comes down into this spacesuit that we call the body, this virtual reality immersive thing, right? Mamisha spacesuit. And we sink down into the hevel of this worldliness. Listen to these words from the Rebbe. And it begins to become apparent to the person and how many of us are living this way, whether we're willing to admit it or not. That when we think of the best possible experience that we could have, it's all gashmi. It's the best steak and the best whiskey and the best massage and the best etc. And that's that is This is called good. This is the good life. And in this sense, because a person is so davuk to this world, and this world is what the person sees first, even though it's much smaller, it's just a tiny coin, but this is what's close to me. It could prevent me from seeing the incredibly great and wondrous light of the el, which is greater than it and deeper than it and truer than it and vaster than it, etc., 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 millions and millions of times as time is running out because all of us have a little bit of a clock ticking over our head and to run out after 120, but like, it's not simple. It's not simple. Why don't we feel it? Why don't we live this way? Why aren't we aware of it? Because says what we see in front of our eyes first and foremost. And it's the same thing as the muscle of the light. Because the earth prevents us. So, so, so maybe there's a Hashem somewhere up there. But I see this world. And if I see this world, this is where I live. It's close in front of me. So it's physical. So if everything's physical, how am I supposed to access the spiritual? The sun is how many thousands, millions of thousands of times bigger than the earth. And this is what's referred to in the Pasuk. This is what it means. Shalai Mamalach says that the light of the sun is the, the light of the tzaddik, rather, is sunlight. In what way is it sunlight? It's shining all the time, just like the sun. So why are we prevented from seeing it? The earth, which means an oilam hazeh perspective. Which means devekus in a perspective that sees there being nothing better than the pinnacle of this worldliness. And that becomes the sum total, one second, of our striving. Ka'or noiga mamish, says the Rebbe. The light of the tzaddik is mamish ka'or noiga. You taste a little bit of taste, the tire of the tzaddikim. You taste the zara kadosh a little bit. You're, mar- you're married to take a little shot glass of Rabbi Nachman. Rabbi Nassim, Lekuti Alachas. You, 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 you melt away. Gan Eden mamish. Rabbi Nachman, Rabbi Nassim said about Lekuti Alachas, he said the Shloss said that his safer is me'in olam haba. Rabbi, Na- Rabbi Nassim says, I say that my safer is olam haba mamish. Olam haba mamish. If you merit to sit with Lakuti Alachas, Lakuti Tfilis, you could literally, your Bechira is battle. I mean, there's nothing to say. There's nowhere to go. You, there's no Torah like this. So, the light of the Tzaddik is the light of the sun. But sometimes it doesn't do it for us. So, what does it mean? The sun set? 
the earth rose. The earth rose. Arceus rose. says the light of the tzaddik is like the light of the sun that shines always. If there's an obstacle, it's because the, the, the Arceus is getting in the way. Even though the earth is so tiny, how could it block out the light of the sun? It's a joke. It's the same thing. The tzaddikim and their light and their Torah and their messages and their etzes and their chizik and their stories and their, and their songs and their light is shining all the time. But it prevents us. And even though their light is so vast, it's so small, it's so tiny, it's minuscule, it's, it's pathetic. In Kozeh, but it still manages to be mafsik. How? Because it's just closer to us, so close that we can't see anything beyond it. And it prevents us from seeing their light. Like we said. But again, what does it come down to? What's close to me? What do I hold dear? What do I choose to look at when I look at Olam Hazeh? Do I approach Emuna? In the more classic, I would say, gullus-oriented way to think, well, here is a world, and I'm a human, and I assess this worldliness in the categories of the human condition. And then there's a spiritual realm beyond. And then there's a Hashem somewhere up there, out there, who created all this, who I attempt to connect to by doing mitzvahs and by davening and by learning Torah and so on and so forth. Well, if that's my approach to Amuna, then I can very quickly fall into even if I see the light of the sun, but what do I see first? I see Olam Hazeh first. But the Emunah of Pneumius that's coming back to us as we're getting closer and closer to Mashiach, that Nevuah-oriented, mystical vision, is not that I see a physical world and a God beyond it, but it's that I'm able to sense the me within the Eilat. I do not see a physical world. I see a physical world that is only the encoded back-end code of divinity. And in that sense, the food that I eat and the tastes that I taste weren't just created by a spiritual being. They are quite literally an experience of the spiritual being who is present within his creation. The koyach ha-poyal and if this is the approach that we take to Amuna, it's far less likely, this world, to cause us to hold it like the coin in front of our eye and to block out the art of spirituality because there is no Olamazeh. It's all a joke. Olamazeh is a prosdar to Olam Haba, not just in, the ter- in terms of time, that when all of Olamazeh is over, then we'll get to Olam Haba. We can choose to see this world as a series of hallways to God, everywhere we look, every drink we, we drink, every time we take a nap, every time we open a safer, surely, every time that we daven, every time that we have a conversation, every time that we speak, it's all spiritual, it's all spiritual. There's nothing physical. There is, that's the R of the tzaddik. There is no teva. Rabbi Nachman has a lashon later on in the Kutumah. Ain't shum teva ba'ilam klal. There's no such thing as nature. This is what it means. This is what it means as we get closer to Mashiach, the fulfillment of the Pasuk that says the world will be filled with the knowledge, awareness of God like water covers the ocean bed. Why like water covers the ocean bed? Because if you ask a fish 
what it thinks of the water, it's going to tell you, I don't know what you're talking about. What water? What water? It can tell you what it sees in the water floating. It can tell you the different kinds of fish that it encounters in the water. It doesn't realize that it is within the water and the water is within it. I mean, it is the reality that it's constantly moving and operating within. So the Mepharshim say that's what it means, that when Mashiach comes, we're going to recognize that we were swimming in godliness all along. That's what Amunah means. So if you look back into the passing, where this will come to the end, Va'oyrach Tzadikim, this is a remez that's already been brought by the Tzadikim. Oyrach Tzadikim is, should be read Arches Tzadikim. The light of the Tzadikim is Arches. It's the light of the eight. It's the light of Bina. It's the light of me, the 50th gate, the 50 gates of Bina, Mem Yud. The me that's Bara Eila, that's constantly beyond the facade of the Eila, of the manyness. That's the Oirach Tzadikim. And in that sense, it's a Oirach Tzadikim It's an aspect of the sun, that the light is shining all the time. Because if I'm plugged into the Eitzus and the thought process and the, and the words and the teachings and the, and, the, and the whole lifestyle of the Tzadik and the Tzadikim, we can live a life of Arches, where we're constantly seeing that miraculous light that's shining through our experience of physicality. And Sir Nachman finishes, If we'll just take the coin away, finally, no matter what stage of life you're in, no matter where you are at the jur- on the journey, you just make a decision. You say, what is this worth? How good has all the goodness of Olam Hazeb been for me? That it got me where? Am I finally satisfied? All of us know that it doesn't do it for us. So finish. So take the, take the coin away. Take the coin away. I don't look at the world as being a physical world. I don't take this place seriously. And I don't look at what the world thinks this world is. But I walk around, no matter what direction I'm looking, I'm looking up because I'm looking in and I'm looking out. I'm looking beyond. And I lift up my eyes. And I look beyond this world. Then again, I'm in the same world. I'm in the same Brent Street, the same kosher kingdom, the same family dynamics, the same experiences as, as everybody else. But I push it, live with my head outside this place. I don't experience what other people experience. We don't experience what other people experience. And we dive in that everyone should wake up and be able to live this way, which is messianic, which is the light of the Gula. Like we said, the light is so much more vast, thousands of times than this world, and it's shtuyot. But we take this world super seriously. We fall for the illusion. And we, each of us, are withheld for one reason or another from being able to do this, to see the light of the Torah, to see the light of the tzaddikim, which is ultimately the light of Hashem. Channeling down through his sadikim kemeshalamat beakatana anal mamish, like the tiny coin with the which a person holds in front of his eye umavsekas milers har gadol, and it prevents a person from seeing the mountain. Like it's so obvious, it's there, it's all around us, it's in us, it's life. But the Rebbe gives us chizuk, aval bikal. He says it's easy if we go in this mahalach 
it gets easier. The more that we train ourselves, it's a, it's a paradigm shift. It's a whole different way of experiencing life. It needs, uh, it, it requires us to redefine everything. Mamish everything. It's a new consciousness. Step by step. Says the Rebbe, you can get there. Bikal, easily. Or at least much more easily than we think. You just take the coin away. It's immediate because it's already there. It's not something you have to gain and, and, and like access and attain. The reality is already around you. You already have, each and every one of you and myself, already have everything that we need. We are, we are already precisely where we need to be. We just need to open our eye to it. Take the coin away. Hashem is here. Hashem is here. Take a year. Hahar hagadol mimenu. Kamoikin mamish liinen oelam atayra. Shavah avara ba'alma. Avara ba'alma. Just, just, just set it aside. Don't be dramatic about it. Just set it aside. You don't belong to this world. Hein am levadad yishkain. So forget it. So start to access the consciousness of of Am Yisrael. Me and you together. So you just strip away that facade, that layer, and you take it away. Then you see the true reality. And you, you, you leave the dynamics of this world with the pettiness and the smallness and the limitations and the, and the etc., etc., etc. We leave it behind. And that place where everything is full of light, says the Rebbe, Understand this really well. What's the word that he uses? Of course, vahavin, which is bina, vahavin ma'aid. And he finishes this last line. V'chein shemati b'shem al Hashem Tov sha'amar. Says Rabbi Nachman, I heard from my great grandfather, the Halak of Hashem Tov, that he said, Oy vavoy. Kia needs translation. Oy, we understand that. Oy vavoy. The world, this world is full of lights, and wondrous secrets and mysteries. But the Yad katana, we could say, is a reference to the, the experience of a self, selfhood, personal ambition, gashmius, things that don't matter. Or the coin is a very apropos muscle because what does, of course, it mean? Money. Money, this worldly currency, uh, 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 you know, status in this world, trying to move ahead in this world. It literally stands in front of our eyes. And it prevents us from seeing the truth. So this is it. This, this whole teaching, this chevra is it. And of course, it's a lifetime of avoida. Rabbi Nachman says, Bakal, you know, it's, we shouldn't get discouraged from that. It's meant to encourage us. Step after step, but we can get to this madrega. We are not a nation where there are tzaddikim and then there are regular people. Va'amech kulam tzaddikim. We are all supposed to get to this level. Mamleches koyhanim, v'gai kaddish. We're all meant to be priests. We're all meant to be gai kaddish, a holy people. And the main thing is, this is what it means to be a yid. Su'umaraim inechem. To live a life where we look up. Again, not physically all the way, all the time up, but to look at the heaven within every experience and to see me. Who is it that's calling out for a relationship with, with me through this experience? Who is it that stands behind all masks? Me, Bara Eile. 
And when we do that, we access the orches, the light of eight, the light beyond nature, where this whole world is not anymore hateva gamatri elikim. It's just Ela that's reflecting the light of the unified creator of me. Shibizaycha to it, especially as we go into Hanukkah. That's what it's all about, the Araganas, finding that hidden light, finding that one jar that turns into eight nights. One light, which turns into seven, which is, of course, another very deep answer to the Beis Yosef's Kasha. Why there are eight nights of Hanukkah, the first night wasn't a miracle, but the answer is because the first jar was Bina, that already contained within it all of the, all of the others. So it's one that becomes seven. It's the me that becomes the Eila. More about that as we get closer to Hanukkah, as is Hashem.